Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings, and I've got a question for you. Are your instincts God? The, the gut feelings that you get, the, the, uh, the inclinations that you have, the impressions that you get, the tendencies that you have, are those God? We're going to talk about that today. I think it's going to be very helpful and uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. Thanks for supporting the podcast by, one, listening, two, sharing, and three, uh, financially supporting. You know, we have some big dreams and goals for this year. Um, we're a third of the way into the year. We are still plowing away at our annual fundraiser. If you want to help us out, the link is in the description of this podcast, or you can find it um, on my Instagram at shane.winnings. Uh, we are trying to raise $36,000. We might have just cracked 36. We might be in the 35s now, but we need to hire some people. And so we need some help. So please consider prayerfully um, partnering with our ministry. You can give through the fundraiser. Uh, You can sign up at shanewinnings.com and click give. You can become a monthly donor there. Make sure you send me a DM on Instagram so that I can get you plugged in for our monthly donor Zoom. But we do have big needs. We want to hire two people. If you're interested, go to my Instagram. Take a look at uh, what we're hiring for. You can know where to send your resume. We'd love to have you on the team if you're a good fit. And uh, yeah, big things coming up, but we need your help to do it. So if you've been blessed by our ministry, please consider sharing with someone, you know, the podcast itself or sharing the podcast. the graphics about the hiring that we're doing or someone who maybe likes to sponsor nonprofits or, or give to charities and, and things like that, give to nonprofits, uh, maybe they would consider partnering with us. So thank you so much. Let's get into this. So we all, we have gut feelings. You know, we've heard trust your gut and, you know, have you ever been sitting and you felt like someone was staring at you and you turn around and there and someone was? What is that? right? We have to remember that we are spiritual beings in earthly bodies. The spirit realm is more real than the one we're living in right now, because the spirit realm is where everything is actually happening. And that is the the realm, so to speak, that is going to continue forever. I mean, this is made clear in uh, the proclamation in John, where Jesus came to give us eternal, everlasting, never-ending life. Our spirit is going to go on forever. And for those who do not receive Jesus Christ but choose to live for themselves and choose to pay for their sin on their own, they will inherit eternal punishment. So either way, uh, this thing is going to go on forever. Whether you will be separated from God forever, which was your choice, or whether you are with God forever, which is your choice. But you have a choice, and that's because um, God loves us, and he gave us the ability to choose. He's not a taskmaster. He's not a slave driver. Um, he, he's a lover. He's a father. He's a creator. And so this, this spirit realm is it's, it's more real than what we're experiencing now. This is just all we know. But with that in mind, we have to understand that there are spiritual things happening that we can't see. And so with that, you know, there are angelic things happening. There are demonic things happening. Um, And then on the earth, there are just um, things that happen naturally. 
you know, not, not everything is spiritual. We're not going to over-spiritualize anything. But to understand uh, this concept and where this episode is heading, we have to understand that there is a massive and significant spiritual aspect to what we're doing. And I break some of that down because some of our listeners might not be Christian, or they might be of a different religion. And, you know, it's important to put the truth out there because I I want someone to know who maybe is, you know, new agey or very flowy, and they're just very, you know, they'd say they're spiritual, but they're not like Christians. They're just open to whatever. Um, It's important to know what side you're on. But with that being said, I, I don't believe we can just within ourselves sense, you know, that someone is staring at us. I believe it is a spiritual thing that's happening. Um, you know, the, the world might call it putting off vibes or putting off energy or, or vibrations or whatever. You know, it's, it's whatever lingo it is. Um, that's what's happening. There's things that we can't see. There's things in the supernatural and the spiritual realm that are beyond our understanding, our capacity in some ways, um, and definitely beyond our ability to observe. Um, but as Christians, we can grow in what's called discernment, and that is being able to discern first between good and evil, um, and that has to deal with spirits as well, discerning between good spirits and bad spirits, discerning between what is godly and what is not. And so when we ask this question, are your instincts God, we have to have uh, some sort of framework. In order to have discernment, you first have to have a baseline understanding. Um, a baby Christian is not going to have very good discernment apart from a sovereign move or gift or anointing of God for discernment. Uh, How many of you know that God can just come and he can touch you and you can just, you know, instantly have a massive discernment? This is what uh, Solomon asked for. He asked for wisdom. He asked to discern between good and evil. And that was given to him. But we can actually grow in this wisdom, in this heavenly wisdom, in this area of discernment by spending time with the Lord and by reading the Word of God. Because the Word of God, and this is the most important thing I'll say this whole episode, the Word of God has to be your foundation. It has to be your framework. It has to be your baseline. It has to be what everything else uh, is vetted against. And so if I don't have a biblical foundation, then I have nothing to judge it against when something happens. Is that making sense? So if I have a spiritual experience, but I have no framework of the Bible, then I'm going to be left maybe asking people, uh, going on the internet, you know, hey, what does this mean? I had this impression or I had this, you know, um, whatever. We need to have a biblical framework. And when we do, it becomes much easier to determine if something was God. So let's take something easy, for instance. Um, because, well, let me, let me say something else before we get there. <clears throat> the reason that it's important to understand what the Bible says is because it also tells us that our flesh is evil, twisted, and wicked. That our flesh is at war with God. It's in opposition of God. And that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. 
So we're not born good. We're not inherently good. We're not, the Bible even says there's no one who does good. There's no one righteous, not even one person. There's nothing inside of us that is good apart from Christ. Even us who are Christians, we have been made new, but we are still in a fleshly body that has fleshly desires and that wants what it wants. And, and, and there's the three things, right? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. These are things that as Christians, we now have power over because Christ lives in us and he has overcome everything. And by yielding to him fully and by being equipped and knowing how to wield our spiritual armor, we can overcome temptations of the enemy. We can overcome the lies of the enemy, the accusations, the fiery darts. We can subdue and suppress and crucify our flesh. If you're not a Christian, you don't have the ability to do that. Now, say I'm in a coffee shop or something like that, and I have a thought, and it's like, pay for the person behind you, right? I believe that that is God speaking. That is God leading me to bless someone else. God inviting me to not only consider myself, but consider someone else, and even to the point of sacrificing. Even if it's a few dollars, it's still sacrificing because I could have kept that for myself. I believe that that is God speaking to me. Uh, I don't believe that that is just my good thought, uh, because I know that within me there is nothing good apart from him. So if I'm having any type of inclination or impression that I should do something for someone else, that's not a characteristic of flesh. The flesh is sensual and demonic. The flesh uh, wants to keep and preserve and protect and guard and and save up, and, and, and it's all about self, right? So this idea of uh, doing for others, I believe, is from the Lord. And I even believe, you know, people who wouldn't call themselves Christians or maybe even follow other religions, they adopt these principles that are from the Bible, which are from God from the beginning of time about uh, being sacrificial. And so this is the the danger with some of these belief systems out there, uh, apart from Christianity, is that people can obtain a form of godliness without the power of God. They can obtain, you know, a form of walking like Jesus, but they are self-sustaining. They don't believe they need God. They don't need Jesus Christ. They're like, look, I can live just like Jesus. And what happens is you're qualifying yourself based on your works. And you're the kind of person who would get to heaven and say, but Lord, didn't I give away all this money and my time and everything else? And he's going to say, I don't even know you. It's because it's not just about what we do. It's about who we give our lives to, who we trust with our soul. And the only one worth trusting is Jesus Christ because he is the only one who has paid the price for a human soul, for all human souls. And so this is important to understand that there are people who don't believe in God. There are people who who would say that they hate God, but they will actually uh, walk in a form of godliness because they will walk out godly principles apart from the power of God. Isn't that so interesting? I mean, think about it. That's why you have organizations that are totally secular that will give tons of money to the poor or to the homeless or to the widow or whatever. Like they will do the thing that we're called to do, but they will do it apart from the one that we're called to be with, the one that we're called to lay our lives down for. And so it's important to understand that this concept of 
giving, of surrendering, of doing nice things for others, of being helpful, whatever, any type of selflessness, this all comes from God because He is our Creator. He created us in His image, in His likeness, and there are people who won't profess God, but they like some of the things, uh, some of His characteristics. They like the idea of being selfless because it's fulfilling to them. They like the idea of, of sacrificing and sowing into a community because it's fulfilling to them to want to see a, a community made whole, to want to see the poor restored. Like These are great things, but we have to understand where they originate. They originate from God. Now, does that mean that every instinct you have is God? Well, totally not. I've had instincts that maybe I thought were godly at first, and upon prayer and discernment or even trying to walk it out, realized that it was not him. And you could figure this out. Um, an easy one is like if you're, if you're going for a job or you're trying to, to rent or buy a house or even a car. If you're prayerful, you know, you might have an impression, oh, this is the car we're going to get and you believe it's right, and, and you've prayed, and maybe you thought you heard, and you start going down that track, and you're hitting nothing but red flags. That doesn't mean that your instinct was off. It doesn't mean it was God, and he changed his mind. Uh, it's, it's just important to, to continue to follow his voice. Um, you know, I believe there's times that God will um, test us to see if we're, if we're listening, you know. I mean, he did it with Abraham. He had him take his son up, and you know, almost sacrificed his son, and at the last second, he obviously spared him, uh, wasn't requiring some type of child sacrifice, but he wanted to see the, the heart position of Abraham, and he provided a sacrifice. I believe in many ways God will lead us to this place to see if we'll be obedient, to see if we'll follow him even when it doesn't seem to make sense, and, you know, at the last minute, uh, he will, he will come in, kind of in the 11th hour, it seems. But God was there all along. So when you're walking through life, you might have these instincts. And you're like, I don't know if this is God or not. Here's a great way to figure out if it's at least something worth pursuing. Can you back it up biblically? Because God is not going to have you do something that's immoral. And when I say immoral, I don't mean in the world sense. I mean against his word, because morality comes from the Lord. Uh, the world is currently trying to redefine morality. They're trying to redefine genders. They're trying to redefine uh, God's creation. They're trying to redefine, um, you know, even uh, child sexuality and so many other things. We cannot listen or let the world be our standard bearer. We have a standard. It is the Bible. It's God's word. And morality comes from him. So God will never have you do something that's immoral that is against his word. Uh, he'll never have you do something that is illegal. And again, when we talk about laws, we're talking about, and this is Romans 13, we're talking about uh, laws that are godly because all laws were originally given to us by God through Moses. He gave the 613 laws of the prophets and he gave the 10 commandments. What has happened over time, seriously think about that. The laws didn't come from the writers of the constitution. 
every law, even the guys who wrote the Constitution, it's very interesting. I was at the Alabama Supreme Court. We were with the Chief Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court, and he showed us original documents from the Constitution over in Europe. And um, that's what James Madison, who was one of the first writers, he used it to frame the U.S. Constitution. And in the first few pages, it says, all laws, this is the understanding of the book, it says, all laws were given to us by our God, by our Creator. And any human law, any man-made law, must be in alignment with God's law. This is what our country was meant to be founded on. But what has happened over time is we've picked and we've chosen which laws we want and which ones we don't. We've thrown some out. And now, instead of having only God-given uh, and God-inspired laws, we have demonically inspired laws. We have laws that, I mean, a bill just passed in Washington State where if there's an at-risk youth and the parents don't want to uh, affirm their gender identity crisis that they're in, the state can withhold that child and not release custody back to the parents. Literally, the state can keep your kid from you if you have a runaway and they want to transition and you won't affirm that transition. The state will not give your kid back to you. Uh, that is a new bill that's been passed. That is a demonic law. That is not from God. That is not God-inspired. That is demonically inspired. And so we're reaching this place as a society where um, people are being driven by their flesh so much so to the point that it is shaping our Constitution. It is shaping our laws. They're trying to tear down the Constitution. They're trying to redefine it. Why am I getting into this? Because when we're talking about uh, your instincts, when we're talking about these impressions you have, I said God won't have you do something immoral against his moral code. God won't have you do something illegal. That is in regards to laws that are submitted to God, because all laws are supposed to bring order and bring glory to God. And so if there is a demonic law that gets passed, I am not going to submit myself to that law. I mean, we saw it. Look at the lockdowns. They told the church that they can't meet. They told the church that they can't worship. They told the church that they can't sing out loud because they might spread a, a virus that uh, masks didn't even help. Are, are we supposed to follow those laws? Well, no. No one has the right to tell you when or when to not meet in the name of Jesus. No one has the right to tell you to not worship. I mean, this was this is an old story. Look at uh, Daniel in the lion's den. Do you know why he was thrown in the lion's den? Because the king said no one is going to pray to God. They're not going to pray to God. They're, they, they're only going to worship uh, who he says they can worship. What does Daniel do? It says he went home like he always did, and he opened up his windows, and he prayed out loud. And people heard him, and they sold him out to the king. And the king, even though he didn't want to, he had to stick with the law that he put in place, and he threw him in the lion's den. Daniel was thrown in the lion's den for disobeying a law that the king put out. So is Daniel in the wrong? No. His allegiance was to God first. So it's important when we understand that uh, God might call you to do something like gather when there's lockdowns, even though the governor says you can't. You're saying, you can't tell me what to do when it comes to my faith in God. Uh, that is technically 
disobeying a man-made law, but the order has to be in place. It's the same thing. You know, I didn't even know I was going to get off on this, but this is, we're trying to paint a picture here. So hopefully this helps you. Uh, The man is the head of the house, right? And the woman is called to submit to the man. But that is uh, with the assumption that the man is submitted to God. If the husband begins to worship the devil, the woman is not supposed to follow the man because the Bible tells her to submit to her husband. She is called to submit to her husband as he submits to God. As soon as the husband stops submitting to God, things are out of order. The woman continues to submit to God despite her husband. So if the husband goes off to worship the devil, the woman does not follow because her allegiance is first to God. Okay, it's the same principle with the government. The government is the head. We are to submit to the government as they submit to God. As soon as they stop submitting to God, I stop submitting to government because God is the one that I ultimately submit to. And if the government tries to get in the way of that, I'm not going to have any part of that. Is this making sense? This is very important when we're talking about discernment, when we're talking about, well, I don't know what to do. A lot of people face this in 2020 through 2022 what to do during the lockdowns, what to do during this and that. Um, It is very important to get close to God, to understand his word, to understand what his word means. Because there's people that threw out Romans 13 as a reason to obey a tyrannical governor who tells you not to worship, and they think that they're following God. Uh, it's, It's, this is why we have to have biblical understanding. We need knowledge, we need wisdom. And just a little plug, I'm doing a one-week online school. We're going to get into discernment, identity, gifts of the Spirit, all that. If you're interested, you can send me a DM on Instagram, and uh, or there might even be an application in the description. I'm not sure whatever platform you're on. Send me a DM if you want to attend. It's going to be virtual this year, one week, and uh, we'll do it over Zoom. We're going to get into all this stuff. I believe you'll be better equipped to walk this life out in Christ. So make sure you do that. That's going to be in uh, mid-July. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I, I want to help you grow in this area. So immoral, illegal. Now we're talking about unethical. God's not going to call you to do something unethical. Again, we are looking at the scriptures. Are you seeing a theme here? So when we're talking about, man, I have this impression, I have this thing, but was it from God? The first thing I do is make sure that it's none of those things. Because it might be goofy, it might be uncomfortable, it might be out of character, like something I normally wouldn't do, but if it's not unethical, immoral, or illegal, according to the Word of God, then I can't take it off the table that it isn't from God. And here's a great story, I've told this many times, maybe you haven't heard it, but here's a great example, the woman in 7-Eleven, maybe you've heard this, you can skip ahead if you have, but she gets a thought in her head as she's looking at the 7-Eleven to go in there and stand on her head. And she's like, why on earth would I do that? And she hears a voice that says, I thought you told me you'd do anything I asked you. She had previously made a deal with God. Anything you ask me, I'll do it. And so she's like, well, I mean, it's not illegal to do. It's not immoral. It's not unethical. It's just kind of weird. It might even be slightly inappropriate, you know, as a politically correct thing to do to go stand on your head in the middle of a store but no one's really going to be harmed by it, so I'm going to go do it. 
She ends up doing it. The worker comes out of the back room screaming her head off, and she says, I was just telling God in the back room, I need to know if you're real or not. Please send someone in here to stand on their head. Otherwise, I'm going to kill myself after work. That woman's obedience to this instinct, this impression that she had, that she realized was from God, saved a life. And so it's important to know, especially when you're trying to hear God's voice, you have to filter it through a couple of things. If it's not illegal, it's not unethical, if it's not immoral, if it's just maybe something you're uncomfortable with, something that's new to you, something that might make you seem weird to other people, I don't know, but I'll tell you, it's not gonna it's not bad. It's not evil, it's not sensual, it's not it's not a sin. I don't this could be God. Um, you know, oftentimes when God speaks to me, it's not, I, I don't have this amazing vivid dream and I know everything that's going to happen. Sometimes I just get a feeling. I just get an impression of like a direction I'm supposed to, uh, supposed to head to, or I will begin to, um, have a heart position that I didn't have before. Maybe I'll have a longing, a desire for something that I didn't before. Um, sort of like when I wanted to do the nationwide tour that I did in 2021, I began to, as I would drive around different baseball fields and stuff, I began to just have this picture that I couldn't shake of people meeting in parks and fields and it began to grow and grow. And I was like, is this God or is this just my good idea? You know, like, do I just want to see people in parks? And I just didn't know. And the longer I went on, the more I realized, hey, this thing isn't going away. The re- What's the reason? What's the motive now? So I'm, I'm digging into this instinct. What's the motive of this, this thing that keeps coming to me? Well, I want to see souls won to Christ. I want to see people plucked from hell. I want to see revival. I want to see miracles. I want to see hearts set on fire for an eternity. And I thought, well, that's a pure motive. You know, my motive isn't Let me gather a bunch of people so they can listen to me talk and think that I'm great. Or let me gather a bunch of people and charge admission so I can make a bunch of money. Or let me gather a bunch of people and make sure they follow me on social media so I grow in my following. Never did any of that. I thought, I want to see souls won. That is a biblical thing. Proverbs says, uh, he who wins souls is wise. I'm thinking, you know what? I don't know for sure if this is God. Just and, and, And again... Just because I had a desire to see souls won in parks and fields doesn't mean that God specifically was telling me to go gather people in parks and fields. Because I can pick anything that's biblical, and while it can be good to do, it doesn't mean that God specifically told me to do it. Um, I could, I could, let me, let me give a better example. I could wake up tomorrow and say, you know what? Um... DC needs more Christian senators. So I'm going to, I'm going to run for office. Now, is that a biblical thing to do? Well, I believe so. If my intent is I want to get into DC, I want to get in this position. I want to represent people. I want to bring Christ to a district. I want to influence senators and congressmen and women around me. That's biblical. Does it mean that God called me to do it? Well, not necessarily. I mean, I would have to pray and fast and, you know, ask God to confirm some things and make it clear. Because how many of you know that you can do something that would be biblical, but it doesn't mean God 
wants you to do that. He might want me to do something else. What if he's not, not calling me to be a senator? What if he wants me to just be a preacher? And it's my good idea. You, know, you see what I'm saying? So it's important when we get these impressions or whatever, we have to pray on them. We have to sit on them. We have to mar- let them marinate. We have to present them before the Lord. We have to take them to wise counsel and, and, and ask our friends and our, our trusted um, group you know, who hear God as well, hey, what do you think? I hope this is helping someone because I've had a lot of impressions that I ended up praying through and it, it just kind of turned out to not be anything. I just thought, well, maybe that was just my good idea. But when it came to the nationwide tour, it wouldn't go away. The more I prayed about it, the stronger I felt. And so I said, okay, Lord, I think this is from you. I'm going to start fundraising and I'm going to start making graphics and announcing. And people supported that fundraiser like crazy. And I just felt like, man, this is confirmation. And we did the tour. We saw so many souls one to Jesus. We saw tons of miracles. And it wasn't until we, we were a couple of stops into it, even after raising the money, because you can, you can have great strategies and methods, and you could be a very influential person, and you could raise money. So even that wasn't an indicator to me that this was from God. It was when I started to see the fruit, and the fruit was overwhelming. It was when I started to see how God was using those stops to introduce me to different people who I still have in my life to this day. And I began to look back and say, I believe that that was God. Another example I'll give, uh, I wanted to write a devotional, which I did. It's available now. You can go on Amazon. It's called I Will Always Overcome. It's only nine bucks. Um, You can also buy it at my website, shanewinnings.com. But I had this idea in the beginning of 2022, 2021, in the beginning of 2021, I had this idea, write a devotional. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if this is from God. And so I I wrote a couple of notes and I put it to the side. And about seven months later, seven or eight months, it came to me again. And it was very strong. It almost felt like you need to write this devotional. I want you to write this devotional. I felt like that was what, that's just how I felt. And I was like, man, I was telling my wife, I think I need to write this devotional. I think the Lord's telling me to do it. And, And within a couple of weeks, just by random introduction from another friend, I'm at breakfast with a book publisher. And we're talking about several books that we want to do. And I bring up this devotional and he says, well, we don't do devotionals, but I can help you uh, get that done. And I said, okay. And he, and he set up, you know, the person to do the layout, the editing, the, all of that stuff, how to help me self-publish it. And within three weeks, I had written it, it was completed, and it was published on Amazon. And, and obviously now, you know, it's selling at a very high rate. Many people, you can see the testimonies on Amazon of how it's impacted them. And I can look back and say, man, this, I feel like that was from God. And so the longer I walk with him, the more I begin to understand how he speaks. And so I don't really focus on my instincts anymore. As a Christian, really, I'm not looking for what my instincts are uh, because there's natural instincts. There's fight or flight, right? When you get presented with a, a wild situation, like, say, uh, someone pulls a knife on you in the, in the parking lot, your brain has a fight or flight mode. That's just natural. That's, they, they've, they've researched that. They've found it. Those are the two responses. 
and you're going to do one or the other. You have an instinct. But as a Christian, I am trying to go deeper than just my human instincts. I am trying to hear the Lord on everything that I'm doing. And if I want to vet or if I want to bounce my instincts or my ideas off of uh, the Word of God, then I have to know the Word of God. If I want to hear my father speaking to me, I need to know what his voice sounds like. I need to spend time with him. That way, when I have these impressions, that's not the only time that I'm talking to God. I'm talking to God all the time. I'm sitting with God every day. And when these instincts come, that's just another thing I'm throwing into our conversations. And I'm allowing him to speak to me. I'm allowing him to maybe say yes or no or wait. Um, And this is how I, I live my life. So... Are your instincts from God? My answer is maybe. Maybe they're not. Maybe it's just you. Uh, Maybe you get a thought and it's God. Maybe you get a thought and you're just really hungry. And so your brain is kind of all over the place. Maybe you have a dream and it's from God. Maybe you have a dream and it's because you ate something weird before bed. Maybe you have a dream and it's, you know, because you just watched a show or, or a reel or you heard something and then that manifested itself in your dream because your subconscious brain was, you know, reflecting in your dream. Just because you have a dream doesn't mean that God is speaking to you to go do whatever that is. Uh, Because I have wild dreams all the time. They're not always from God. It is important to understand God's word and what he sounds like. And you can only get those things by spending time with him, by investing in the Bible. And I'm telling you, you will never be ashamed for spending more time with God and for trusting in him. Amen. Hey, I hope this episode helps someone. I know I kind of rambled a little bit, but I really had to kind of break down some of these thought processes so you can understand why I'm saying the thing I'm saying. I don't just want to say God's not going to have you do something illegal, unethical, or immoral. I want to break down what that actually means. Uh, Because if you ask someone in 2020, is worship illegal? They would say yes. Does that mean you should obey? Totally not. Uh, So we needed to get to the heart of things, and that is what the Bible is here to do. It is here to bring truth, which the Bible says can divide between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. It is the one thing that is unchanging in our lives. In a world that is constantly changing, we need something unchanging. That is God. That is his word. Listen, if this episode blessed you, please share it. Again, please consider partnering with our ministry. We really need your help. And uh, God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.